listen to WL7OU. You know, we live in a college town, so I don't want anyone like throwing up in my car. <laughs> I did watch a lot of YouTube at first, but I mean, now everything's on TikTok, so that's usually where I watch gotcha. it. Yep, Is that your official cool. title, Door Dasher? Yeah, or Dasher for short. Okay. Be really cool. Welcome to GVEC Unplugged, a podcast made by employees for employees. Hear interviews and discussions with coworkers. Stay informed about GVEC news and projects and catch up on the latest happenings at the co-op and more. Let's get started. Hey, GVEC team. Thanks for tuning in to the award-winning GVEC Unplugged podcast. I'm Sherry Johnson, HR representative and your host for today's podcast. Today, I'll be chatting with some of our hardworking employees here at GVC. They work on the job and off the job. So I would like to start by taking just a minute for y'all to introduce yourselves and tell us what your official full-time position is here at GBC. And then we'll get into what you like to do when you're not working here on the job. So we'll start with you. Hi, I'm Henrietta. I'm a GIS analyst here at GBC. Very excited to be on the show. We're glad to have you. How long have you been here, Henrietta? Um, So I started last summer as an intern and then I started full-time in December. And I'm Ollie. I'm an AMR operations specialist, and I, that is in CIS, if y'all don't know, because that's like a really long title. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, and I've been here since 2014. So. Well, I'm John. I'm one of the senior comm techs we have here. I've been here now, I think, 22 years. Nice. That's good. It goes by in a flash. It does. I've been here for 14 years, and... Retirement's around the corner. <laughs> right. Okay, so... Today's topic for the podcast is how we are all very hardworking here at GBC. We like working at GBC, and we also have interests outside of work. And a lot of those interests can even earn us extra money, or they can be outlets for some of our um, passions. So that's what we kind of wanted to talk to you all about um, today. We sent out a survey to all the employees and asked them to just let us know what some of their side gigs are, their hobbies are. So we did hear for some other people as well, um, but we couldn't have everyone on the show. So yeah, narrowed it down to y'all today. So the first question, I'll just kind of go around the room. And now that we know what you do here, tell us what you like to do on the side. So we'll go back to you, Henrietta, on the side. Okay. So um, I do DoorDash. I'm a DoorDasher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that your really official cool. title, DoorDasher? Yeah, or Dasher for short. Okay. Really cool. So basically what that means for people who don't know is um, pick up food from different restaurants and stuff and then just deliver it to people's houses. So it's basically just a food delivery thing. The middleman between hungry man and restaurant. Exactly. For people who don't want to go out to eat and don't want to go get their own food. How long have you been doing that? Um, a few months now, since the winter, pretty much since I started here. Okay. Ollie, tell us what your side business is. So I am a event planner that specializes in balloon designs. Um, so yeah, I just put my own creativity into these parties and make massive balloon displays <laughs> in a nutshell okay yep. I know there's more to that and John I think your professional life and your intense hobby they kind of the lines are blurred there a little bit oh blurred is an understatement I'm a mm-hmm. uh, amateur radio operator uh, or ham radios is what a lot of people know us by we just we like to talk to people on the radio on the radio 
This is right up your alley then. It is. Very good. Going to reach the people through the podcast. We hope. That's right. (laughs) Well, on the side, I guess, um, I'm married to uh, someone who's in agriculture. We have chickens and cattle. And so, you know, that's 24-7. And because it's his full-time job, by virtue, I just get to help out with that. In fact, last week, long story short, we had to work beginning at 3 a.m., till 5 30 so i went to work for a couple hours and then came back to work with gbc henrietta tell me how you got into it and like that whole backstory um okay so yeah doordash i started um because i realized i have some kind of big expensive coming up and i need to make some more money for that so yeah i'm moving to a new place so i don't have any furniture and that's going to be a really big (laughs) expense buying like furniture for a whole new house so that, um, and then I also just graduated college and uh, need to start paying, I started paying my student loans. So that's a bit of a, you know, reality check for me. So I figured, you know, what's an easy way to make some money on the side? Um, and then DoorDash kind of came up. I kept getting ads from them and I was like, fine, I guess I'll sign up. I'll give it a try. And then I actually really liked it. It's fun just kind of driving around. You get to see different parts of town that you wouldn't normally see. Um, you get to talk to people. I don't know. It's easy, but it's not bad. Or what area do you normally deliver in? Or what are the, what, what's the, your region? Right. So um, I live in San Marcos, so I usually just um, do it in San Marcos. But I, uh, I'm thinking about doing it in Seguin because I know there's a demand so I can just go after work and do it. So if anyone needs DoorDash in Seguin, I know. Nice. So would that be me? Tell me how an end user uses it. So I get on DoorDash. I say, I want you to deliver Bill Miller to me. Am I communicating with you or just how does that happen? So you can create the order in the app. So like the end user will create the order in the app. And then um, if like a dasher is logged in nearby, uh, you'll see the order pop up on your dash screen and you could pick it up. Uh, But there's definitely like I do not want to be picking up orders where I'm only going to get like a dollar from the order. So there's a strategy to which orders you pick up. Gotcha. So the person placing the order has to put in how much they're going to tip you. Mm-hmm. And then you can decide if you want to take it or not. Yeah. Um, yes. So if you give a bigger tip, I'm more likely to pick it up. But also um, how much you make is calculated based on how close you are to the restaurant and how close the person who places the orders to the restaurant. So it's also based on the distance um, you're going to end up driving in total. Okay, so there's a mileage factor to it. And this is all done through DoorDash. Like, are you employed by DoorDash, more or less, or independent? Yes, so you are employed by DoorDash. Okay. So on the mileage, do you make more if you're closer or if you're farther away? So you make more if it's a further trip. Um, But sometimes you kind of think, is it going to be worth it for me to drive 15 minutes away from like all the restaurants and then have to not get paid driving all the way back. Mm. So there's that consideration as well. Gotcha. So it's based on mileage and tips. Mm -hmm. Much it. Yeah. And you know, people tip based on how much the order is in total. So if it's a big order, like, you know, four meals or something, it's going to be a higher tip. Is this just 24 seven? Do people use DoorDash just whenever they're hungry? Mm -hmm. They want something delivered to them. Yeah, exactly. So when you go to the restaurant to pick it up, are you just like a normal person or do they know that you're there as a courier for the order? Um, usually they know because, you know, you have like your DoorDash stuff with you, like a little bag and stuff. But um, 
you know, you're just a normal person. You walk in and you're like, I have a DoorDash order for so-and-so. Or sometimes it's just like on a shelf and you just grab it. Okay. Have you ever been tempted to eat the food that you're going to deliver? Definitely. <laughs> like if I'm hungry, if it's like around lunch or dinner time and it like smells really good in my car, I'm like, would they notice if I stole a fry? <laughs> <laughs> that probably goes against the DoorDash ethics to eat the food that you're delivering. I think so. That yeah. seems unethical. I would think so. <laughs> that seems unethical. So about how much time would you say you spend on it? Is it most evenings, weekends? What's that look like? Um, I guess it depends on what else I'm doing. Uh, it's really nice because it is so flexible. You can do it whenever you want. Um, but I try and do it during like peak times, you know, when most people are ordering. So you keep getting orders back to back. So, you know, usually dinner times at night, you know, after work or on the weekends. Um, weekend mornings are actually pretty good because people like don't want to get out of bed. So they order breakfast, um, you know, or kind of dinner or also late night on the weekends too people are ordering like fast food in which is nice sometimes is it all just um fast food or there other restaurants like what's what's out there for door for doordash um any restaurant can can do it but it is also a lot of fast food like definitely the solid majority of orders that i do pick up are fast food Mm -hmm. which um which is nice because it's pretty easy to pick up from those places you can also just go through the drive-thru that is nice yeah that's handy do you have repeat customers? Is there a lot of addresses you see that you're familiar with, or is it just kind of luck of the draw and you get different places and people all the time? Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever had a repeat customer, but I know my sister has. She does Uber Eats, and she says that she delivers to like the same guy all the time. Hmm. So I know it's out there, but no, I haven't had that. Gotcha. I had Go no next. clue what DoorDash was. <laughs> now you know. Yep. Sidewalks get rolled up at 6.30 where I'm from. Right. Well, Alain, would you like to tell us about your event planning business, how you got started and why you got started and all of those things? Yeah. So I started, I guess the first time I kind of always done it because I have four younger brothers and sisters. So whenever my mom would have parties for them, I'd kind of help her decorate. But I guess when I officially started, it was Dyson's first birthday. So whenever my son turned one, I did a balloon garland for him. And um, so that would have been two years ago. Wow. Okay. So how did you know how to make a balloon garland? Was this just like YouTube, um, Googling? Yeah, definitely a lot of YouTube. But um, even my first garland compared to now, I'm just like, wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> what was I watching back then? Because that was not helpful at all. <laughs> Gotcha. Made some improvements. Yes, huh? a lot. So how does that work? You um, are on Facebook, you're on social media, and people just contact you and say, hey, I have a birthday coming up, and they give you their color scheme, or you present to them? or Yeah, what? so I whenever they reach out to me, I usually try to ask them, like, if they have any inspiration pictures, because that's always easier for me, you know, to get a visual on it. Um, if they don't, then they just kind of give me colors and a theme and I'll try to look for inspo pictures and I'll send it to them to see what they think and then if I can't find any inspiration pictures I will get on canvas and I'll do like mock-ups and stuff okay yeah wow that's awesome so it's not just stopping at balloon arches because I've seen some of the things you've done and you've incorporated letters and character cutouts and all kinds of things yeah so I kind of I want to get into really deep into like the event planning stuff and event designing. Um, A lot of the stuff is expensive though, so I don't 
have access to a lot of it, but whatever I do have access to, I try to get it. Or if it's something that I can make or I can have Albert make, yeah, <laughs> I'll have him make it. Even if it's a day in advance, I'll have him do it. So yeah, that's really what it is. I, I guess want to do the whole 100 yards. Of sure. It, so when you're making your balloon um, things, is this at home? How much space do you have to work with? Is your house just like taken over by party planning um, materials? So it depends what my day is going to look like. If I have three to four, five jobs in a day, I will plan at home or, you know, start blowing balloons up at home. And we have an extra bedroom, so I kind of just throw everything in there. Um, sometimes our living room does get taken over too. Uh-huh. Because, sure. um, you know, balloons is it's a lot they're right. big they can yes. get pretty big so um yeah I'll just um start blowing up in there and getting some stuff ready and then we'll basically like pack it in the truck and I put it all together at the location or sometimes if it's just like a one uh one party a day or you know just two and it's in an event center mm-hmm. I'll do it at the event center okay and so you'd said that you'd got started because of necessity just helping your your mom and your family but then is there more motivation behind it or is it just like a nice way to make some extra money um so i'll be honest i'm pretty sure my first paying customer was colin oh from shirts uh-huh. she kind of reached out to me and said that they were doing and this was during covid so you know the birthday parades were real big at that yes. time and she asked if i could make one for her son Kason. And I told her that I would, and, you know, I went out there, and um, I did it for her, and I guess the reaction I get from them is what makes me want to do it and keep doing it. I like the praise. Yes. Yeah. That's nice. That's awesome. So what happens to the balloons after the party's over? I try to ask them if they want to keep them, Uh because I hate popping balloons. (laughs) Um, And then, too, like, a lot of hard work goes into it for me, you know, like, I'm just like, man, this is just so beautiful like I don't want to pop them um so I always try to get rid of them by giving it to them and they'll last weeks inside and if they don't want them then I have to unfortunately pop them oh yeah (laughs) and how do you blow them up by mouth seriously no (laughs) no I have an electric air pump um and it's a dual pump so I'm blowing two up at one time and I even have one for Albert, too, so he can help me. (laughs) You know, got to include him in everything. (laughs) That's right. Dyson's going to get a piece of this, too. Oh, yeah. He can start holding that in there. Yeah. Tying him sounds like it would be painful, too. Is there, like, a trick? No. I don't tie um, each balloon individually. I tie them both together, so it takes a lot of stress off my fingers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so when you get your orders, about how much time do you allow to create each each piece I like to ask for at least two hours even though a lot of the times I can do them in 45 minutes to an hour um but I mean you just never know you know you might run into some issues especially if it's outside like you have wind that plays into an effect and sometimes it's just really hot you just have to step back and take a break because I don't know it's 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 hard out there (laughs) I would have never dreamed you could do all that in that amount of time I would have thought it would taken much much longer so my first job with Colin, um, I don't even think the balloon garland was that big. It was probably maybe like 15 to 20 feet. I think it took me like three, four hours. Mm-hmm. So I've gotten a lot better, a lot quicker 
and it does not take me as long as it used to anymore. Gotcha. I'm glad you mentioned that about the size because we haven't really put this in perspective. So one balloon garland is typically... Yeah, I would say 15 feet is about what they typically are. And how many balloons? I don't know. I would say... (laughs) I don't really keep track of it because, you know, I get these big bags of balloons. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I do do use different sizes too. I have small five inch ones. I have 11 inch ones and then I have 18 inch and 24 inch. Um, So I guess if I had to say in total for about a 15 foot garland, it would be about 200 balloons. Wow. Yeah. Albert better get busy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because when I looked at those balloon arches I just thought you just blew them up to different sizes like I didn't even consider they were different sized balloons I was like well you just didn't put as much air in that one that's why it's smaller yeah no I have to buy different sizes in different colors so whenever someone gives you a quote on balloons just be like man just for balloons like no it's it's a lot yeah (laughs) a lot more goes into that yes do you have like a balloon supplier that you go to I have a few so you know with the pandemic, we've had a lot of shortages, and surprisingly, we have balloon shortages as well. So, really? yeah, I have um, probably about 10 different websites that I'll order from. Dollar Tree has a lot of balloons. No, <laughs> high quality only over here. Nice. <laughs> do you do like all events? Is it just based on whatever people want? Like, have you done any really cool events? Um, yeah, so I'll do like birthday parties, I've done prom, um, I've done like banquets. I don't know if I've done a cool event. I feel like... I feel like that sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I don't think I have, like, anything that has been special. It's just been, like, any type of event, really. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, I feel like you get a lot of, like, baby showers and stuff, too. Yes, yeah. definitely. Baby showers and uh, birthday parties are mm-hmm. the main thing that I'll do stuff for. Nice. I will say, for those that like to do DIY, Amazon kits are no good. You don't... I mean, they show you like this beautiful picture, but the balloons they give you, the amount of them is not going to, you know, give you what they're advertising. So the key is high quality and have plenty of materials. Yes. Make it happen. Yep. Okay. So we'll switch over to John and his isn't necessarily a for-profit venture, but it definitely takes up most of your spare time. Yeah, for the most part. And provides a service, and service so it's and, yeah. um it's a great thing. You want to tell us about your side venture? It goes everywhere I go. Everywhere you go? Everywhere I go. It's in my truck. It's in my camper. It's at the house. So wherever you want it to be, it's there. Okay, so um that's the answer to your riddle. It goes everywhere you go? That's it. The radio? Yes, it does. It's even in my work truck. Mm-hmm. We all know we have a two-way radio system within our co-op that everybody uses. Mm-hmm. So what do you do with these radios that are all around you? Are we talking hobby or professional? What would you like to start with? Well, professional-wise, we uh, have our whole network here at the co-op on them. Uh, we've got micro- microwave links that uh, go between sites that are not fiber-fed. Uh, we feed a lot of areas down south uh, with microwave links. Got, uh, like I said, we've got two-way radios that we work with. Uh, control center talks to the vehicles that way, to our guys in the field. So uh, that's kind of it in a nutshell here at, at the office, which I know is not any small feat, but uh, 
Yeah. It gets kind of entertaining during storms, I can tell you. Oh, my. I'm sure. Uh, as far as the amateur side, now, uh, there we're talking on anything that if you talk to your grandpas and your grandparents, you know, they talked about shortwave radio. So we start down there right above the AM broadcast band and go all the way up into the gigahertz. So wow. uh, we, we, we cover a wide, wide area. Okay, so you you have a setup at home. I do. An entire room. Entire room. Yes. So it doesn't take over your entire house, or maybe Not towers yet. outside. Towers outside. I've got one on each side. I like to call it the rabbit ears of the house. <laughs> nice. uh, but uh, and of course, when the towers were put in, my wife thought that was the antenna. I said no. So we started stringing wires up, and she says, "Well, what are these for?" And I said, "That's what we're using." So oh, well. yeah. So you're the landmark in town. It's like turn left at the house with the rabbit ears. No, they're hidden <laughs> by pecan trees. Okay, that's good. I thought about putting a light on there just just to mess with people, but <laughs> I'm gonna take it that far. So your room at the house, how many? I don't even know what to say. How many radios do you have, or um, different frequencies you're working with? I can tell you, you can never have enough radios. Mm. Uh, I'm probably I've probably got around eight or nine on the desk that are fired up usually when I'm back there. Uh, I'm listening on, again, everything from shortwave or HF all the way up through UHF. Uh, some is digital. Uh, we, I've, I've uh, Not that I figured it out, it was done. But anyways, it's a closed network. You can actually talk across the world on UHF on a little handheld, uh, which gets kind of entertaining uh, with some of the stuff that's going on in the world nowadays that, oh of what you hear. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, so what are you hearing? Is it people just like... You know, truck drivers going by, is it air traffic controllers? Are you getting in on like real uh, business types of things? Or people just you can talking to that. you like, hey, Let's what's happening? <laughs> oh, okay. You can hear that. Uh, CB, so I actually started off uh, in the CB world back in the 80s, back, let's see, before most of y'all were born. <laughs> right. uh, and then I got into the radar world when I was in the military. And of course, okay. there were radios involved there as well. But uh this you have to be licensed for through the FCC. You, okay. You go out, you take a test. Uh, there's three levels. Um, there used to be six or seven, but they finally combined some. Morse code is no longer a requirement, so for those that are scared of the code, code is no more. Hmm. It is still there. You can use it, but it's not a requirement. But uh, We know we're getting desperate if we're resorting to Morse code, and then no one would know the what they're saying so oh you'd be amazed we actually have uh computers will actually decode that for you now is that right so you can almost set your phone there if you can find the right decoder by the speaker and you can get pretty much most of it so but uh yeah the, as far as cb we don't i don't i listen to them i can hear them on the one radio as far as the cb okay uh but most of it is other licensed amateurs and we talk about anything and everything but you have to keep it clean and you generally don't talk politics or religion or what government they have if you're talking overseas because you could start an international incident if you're not careful. <laughs> I would imagine that so, would be the case. Yes. Yes. So I guess y'all don't do like prank calls, right? <laughs> we might ask if their antenna's running, but uh, no. <laughs> 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 now, now we will tell each other. So like we were just talking here a little earlier about interference on cables and you can actually hear a buzz on somebody's audio when they're talking if there's a RF feedback getting back from their antenna. And so you get to hear some real interesting audio sometimes. Hmm. Okay. 
So I guess you better make sure that you don't have a hot mic if you're not planning on being on air. Huh? I have a setting to turn that off. Because <laughs> okay. you can hear dogs barking in the background on some people when they, we call it a Vox. It's voice-operated transmit. And so uh, you can hear some pretty entertaining stuff on that too when they don't realize they've done it. Uh-huh, I'm sure. You're like eavesdropping. Exactly. So that's what you do. You just sit down. You're like, hey, breaker, breaker, anybody out there? What's, what are some well, of your code words? Breaker, breaker, we don't use unless it's <laughs> an emergency. Okay. <laughs> um, usually I get out there. Um, sometimes in the evenings I'll get on there. Um, we call it El Sol, but the sun. Okay. Okay, so we're starting to kind of come back up into the, what they call the high side of the solar cycle. It's 11-year cycles, generally speaking. Um uh, Right now, propagation, as we call it, is good like into Europe, like getting up to midnight almost. So you get up on some of the higher shortwave frequencies. You can talk across, across we call it across the pond or the ocean, whatever yeah. you want to call it. So uh, you throw your call sign out there. Uh, there could be another group that's at some destination they went to and you're trying to get through and you and, you know, 500,000 of your closest friends are all trying to get the same guy. So it makes fair. Oh, wow. Becomes <laughs> yeah. very popular. Oh, Yes. Wow, that's so. Really neat. What's your call sign? My call sign? Yeah. Well, it is WL7OU. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, now, if you, if you talk to some other radio operators around here, they're going to go, well, that's an Alaskan call sign. And they would be right. So that's where I got my ticket at back in 94. And I just opted not to change it when I got back out, came down here. They said, yeah, you can keep it. I said, good, then that's what I'm going to do. Very exotic. Yes. How would you know that's. Um, Alaskan. So it's interesting you ask that. So the FCC actually has different uh, designators, prefixes uh, for depending on where you're at. Um, and it's not just the FCC. I should reiterate that. It's actually comes from the ITU, which is an international telecommunications union or something like that. Okay. And so different countries have different prefixes. And even though Alaska and Hawaii are part of the United States because they're not attached to the continental. They're considered what they call DX or distant exchange. Okay. So that's why I just, like I said, I was up there. I said, I'll use it. I kept it when I came here. Makes for some good conversation pieces sometimes when you get some of the guys and they're like, well, why are you in Texas? That's where I'm from. I came down here. I stayed. So (laughs) throw them off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So your call sign is designated to you. Basically you don't pick it. Right. No. Okay. Not now, like there, truckers there, talking where there are like, those that you can go on there and get what they call a vanity call sign. But okay. I like mine. I've had it too long now. So I'm, it's my own vanity. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. It means something to you for sure. Yep. So Henrietta, we'll go back to you. Do you have any stories you could tell us of times that were memorable or, you know, funny, terrible, something go very wrong? Um, <laughs> I think one of the first times I was doing it, I was kind of confused because I think the person put in the wrong address, so I delivered their pizza. It was from Little Caesars. Low-key, Little Caesars has a lot of DoorDash orders. I don't know if they have actual delivery, but maybe not because I'm now the pizza guy. So, um, yeah, I delivered the pizza to the wrong house, and I like it just said to leave it on their porch, so I just left it on their porch. And then the lady called me and was like, that's not my house. You just delivered it to the wrong house. So I went to go pick it up, and the guy was eating the pizza. <laughs> and I was like, oh, crap. He, he opens the door, and he's like, oh, it's my lucky day. I got a pizza. Yeah, yeah I was porch. like, that's not your pizza. I'm so sorry. It was my fault. And he was like, well, it's your fault. I'm not. And I was like, that's fair. 
you know, that is fair. That's my fault. You don't have to give it back. <laughs> but So what did you do? So I ended up, um, like, you can put in, like, requests through DoorDash. And I was like, I messed up the order. Like, sorry. So they uh, they just went back and just went back to the store and they made her another pizza. And I brought it, but she was real mad. Understandably so. I mean. Can they take back their tip at that point? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That definitely happened. But, uh, yeah, that was definitely probably the craziest thing. Really nothing super exciting. So did she enter yeah. the wrong address? She definitely did. She definitely entered the wrong address because it was an apartment complex that she wanted me to deliver to, but it was, like, listed as, like, a normal, like, house street address. Like, she didn't leave an apartment number. So I delivered it to the house, and she was like, well, I was supposed to do the apartment. So I was like, well, you didn't put in a number. So how am I supposed to know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so earlier I did ask about... There's the differences, DoorDash, Favor, Uber Eats. Why did you go with DoorDash over the others? Um, I would say no particular reason, really. I just kind of kept getting ads from DoorDash, and their advertising really worked on me, I guess. So they were persistent. They were very persistent, and I was like, okay, fine, like I'll sign up. And you mentioned your sister does Uber Eats, mm-hmm. so do y'all compare notes on you know which is the better way to go or they pretty similar yeah i think i'm gonna start maybe switching to uber eats because she definitely makes a lot more money than i do so okay. i mean it's not a competition but um <laughs> it definitely, but you're in it for the money yeah exactly i mean um and they get kind of i feel like more orders from regular restaurants that are not fast food places so i think those like tend to be more expensive orders mm-hmm. so we said uber eats obviously we're familiar with uber like being more of a taxi service did you ever consider being a driver of people instead of their food um i mean definitely not i do not want random people in my car um so yeah Yeah, you'd have a lot more stories if you did though yeah exactly i don't know i just i'm I'm afraid of having people i don't know in my car and like you know we live in a college town so i don't want anyone like throwing up in my car (laughs) no rides after midnight exactly yeah i'm not picking up at the bars right that that makes sense also like what if you get someone you know in your car i don't know i feel like that'd be awkward for some reason <laughs> right for sure <laughs> and then you have to like make small talk because that's another thing like you have to make awkward small talk with people in your car and you know what i'm just trying to deliver my food and get out of there yeah that makes sense yeah but you could always tell them when you, what station would you like the radio on that's it. and i'll tune to your channel there your you station <laughs> just turn it up so you can't hear them there you go <laughs> exactly maybe i'll consider it now <laughs> That sounds like you're you're on to something there with delivering the food. In fact, my 14-year-old son said that that's what he wants to do this summer because we're in Gonzales and it doesn't exist. And he can't drive, by the way, but his sister can. He's like, so she can drive me and I'll just go pick up all their orders. Like, that's actually not a bad idea. Yeah, and like you can also do it on a bike or by walking. Like you don't need to have a car. Good point. Just don't buy ice cream if you're walking. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And expect your food to be cold all the time. Or like really hot if it's the summer. (laughs) Just real stale fries. (laughs) So you have, you mentioned like your little pouch or something, I assume it keeps it hot. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you keep things cold? Like, could you do Dairy Queen ice cream? Um, It's like an insulated bag. So yeah, it's, it's supposed to keep it pretty cold. You know, and I have the AC going in my car. So usually if I'm delivering cold stuff, it's still frozen by the time I get there. Uh-huh. Whenever you're taking people their food that live just like right down the street, are you ever thinking, are you really this lazy? You can't go get your own food? All the time. <laughs> and I mean, I get it. People are busy and stuff. But like, you know, if, if the person's like in the same shopping center as the restaurant, I'm like, are you kidding me? Wow. <laughs> like you could see this restaurant from your house. 
I think I'd have the same question. <laughs> but I mean, I'm getting paid for it, so I can't really complain. Say, might not want to actually verbalize these things, or that would really hurt your yeah. tips. Scratch that from the record. <laughs> right. I love delivering close by. So when you see people's food orders and what they've ordered, do you make some uh, judgments about what you see that they've ordered? All the time. I'm, you know I'm very nosy. So um, all the time, like I picked up this order from Arby's the other day and I have a theory that only men eat at Arby's for some reason. And I was like, oh my God, like a woman ordered this Arby's. Like what's going on? What's her life story? So yes, I'm very invested in people's lives based on what food they order. So when it's back to the mileage thing, you said it was from the distance, the restaurant to the person, mm -hmm. but also does it consider where you are? Yes. Um, and it okay. also considers like, it often tells you like you're the closest door dasher to this restaurant. So, I mean, other people, potentially other dashers can see the order as well if they're in the area and they can pick it up before you do. Okay. So is it just actually the mileage? So like, you know, at GVC, we get 58 cents a mile or whatever. Mm -hmm. Is it really... Like that, or it's just more of a flat amount? I'm actually not sure. Um, I don't really know. And, I mean, they don't pay for our gas or anything. So mm -hmm. I have not been doing it as much lately just because of gas being so expensive. But, yeah, I'm kind of wondering if it's worth it right now considering how expensive gas is. And um, But I do keep track of all my mileage. Like I have a log, and I'm going to write it off at the end of the year for business expenses. Perfect, yes. I was going to ask you that if you could – do your gas, your insurance, all the things that go into maintaining a vehicle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I definitely am, for yeah. sure. I've been keeping track. So I'm like, well, maybe it'll be worth it at the end of the year, but I don't know. We'll mm -hmm. see. Okay. Well, Ollie, are there any um, moments when you were you know, creating something or a reaction that you got that is memorable? I don't know. That's kind of hard because I'm usually by myself whenever you know, I'm doing the setups. Like mm -hmm. The customer's typically not there. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I mean, the reactions when they're like their face just lights up, like those are obviously the best, you know, mm -hmm. and it makes me feel real good. But, um, I don't think I've ever had a negative experience and I hope I don't ever. <laughs> of course. Right. And you said you've gotten better. So now maybe those nights where you stayed up all night trying to get something together, you've gotten that, uh, more per perfected. So, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I know it's crazy like I know where to place balloons too because you want to place them a certain way mm -hmm. in a certain spot to make it look good if not it'll just look it just doesn't look right you know yes so I've a lot of it has been like you know TikTok helps a lot with stuff like that I did watch a lot of YouTube at first but I mean now everything's on TikTok so that's usually where I watch gotcha. it mm -hmm. okay yeah, I'm just picturing like at home with your three-year-old and if you had all these balloons made, then, you know, come back and he's popped them all or something. Like no, he definitely <laughs> doesn't like the sound of popping balloons, <laughs> even whenever I blow it, because my machine is pretty loud, so he'll cover his ears sometimes and uh -huh. until he'll get used to it and then he'll just be running around like nothing. But if a balloon pops, he's like automatically scared, just looking, mm -hmm. waiting for another one to pop. How do you pop them? Just with a pen? Scissors. There's, there we go. Sometimes whenever they're older and, you know, they get kind of like if they've been out for a few days or a few weeks, like I could pop, pull them with my hands because they, mm. they get pretty soft. Right. So, John, tell us about um, some of your contacts you've made, the farthest one away or the most I don't know, interesting conversation. Well, probably the 
I don't know. That's a good question because they all are kind of unique when you think about it. Uh, let's see, here about a week ago, I managed to hit Vietnam, oh, which wow. was an all-time new one. So believe it or not, there's I think there's what, like 270 countries in the world, quote unquote. But uh, due to the rules that we have, there's 342. Hmm. So uh, when that confirmation comes in from that little card, that'll be 208. So, uh, you know, out of, out of those 338 that are there. So, uh, but that was one. And I remember when I talked to a guy on Reunion Island, which is on the opposite side of Africa, out in the middle of the ocean out there on 40 meters one night, which is around seven megahertz for those that don't know, that is a, a very nighttime band. But it was just like we're sitting right here. And I was like, no, you're not where you say you are, are you? And it just, it, it kind of blows your mind sometimes with, yeah. when you get certain places like that. That is pretty amazing. So on your card, you said when it comes back, that means you've had 208, you've contacted 208 countries? Different countries. Different countries. Right. Man, you almost got them all. No, I got a Getting long close. way to go. <laughs> like I said, there's 300, I think it's 338 right now. So I've, I've got a ways to go yet. Okay. And that's been over your 20 plus years. Right. I didn't really get active on it till probably about 2008. Okay. So. That's pretty good. Yeah. No complaints here. No. Have you ever had anyone like page in for help? Like, you know, in movies you see people stranded or somewhere and they have a radio and they're trying to get to someone. We, I've never actually partaken or partake in this, but I've heard it. Uh, there is a maritime net that meets up on 20 meters and some of the boats will call in when they have problems and you get to hear that. So that, that's kind of interesting to hear. Um, I know often, the, I say off the Pacific coast, uh, you'll hear South America and even parts of North, they're all talking, trying to get this guy help. And, and it's it's worked out most of the time. <laughs> we can say that. But uh, so, yeah. And of course, then I do listen to Coast Guard frequencies and you get to hear all the little things they put out about, hey, there's a boat stranded if anybody's available. And, uh, you know, if anybody's got a, got one on their boat we'll talk to them too but uh i don't talk on the coast guard frequencies i only listen mm. so. do they know you're listening like can they tell yeah. well they, they don't know no. i mean you just you can't transmit you can only receive oh gotcha it's not coded or anything like that it's just regular analog stuff so back to ollie's question i was wondering too in emergency situations if y'all are ever called upon to help um intercept you know especially if different counties or whatever trying to communicate but can't if you're a good bridge for that we are actually so uh hurricane katrina when she came through new orleans uh mm -hmm. they were down there for about eight weeks before they got all the phone service back up we had different people some came from texas a lot of course i would say a lot from louisiana but they were in the thick of it so uh but i know we had one guy that used to live in goliad that was over there for about three weeks uh, that was one big one when Ike went through, of course, in East Texas. So that's been going on. Uh, and since we're talking about hurricanes, you know, we're in that season. We have a hurricane net. And usually if it's within 24 hours of land or 300 miles, they're on and we're talking. And that way, that, that's kind of one of the ways the hur uh, Hurricane Center can track it. Is people oh, really? are giving, giving data in from the coast and stuff and if they're in the affected area. Okay. So then could you communicate with other like people that would need to know to be warned or is it oh, just yeah. y'all's net? Okay. It's, it's well, it, once we put it out there, then the National Weather Service, of course, 
beams it out with their little codes and stuff, you know, hey, send this out on the TV or something like that. But we've usually talked about it 30 minutes prior. They're getting better. Times are getting shorter. Ah, so. so you're the one with the first, the first information. Right. So thinking about other countries and how do you communicate with people? Do you speak other languages? I speak 24 different languages. What? I'm just kidding. Wow. <laughs> uh. Everyone was very impressed. <laughs> she like had us going no, a little no, bit no, longer. Don't go there. <laughs> no, um, I know I speak, I don't, I won't say I speak, but I understand enough Spanish that most of the South American stuff, you can get that pretty easy. Most countries, believe it or not, speak English as a second language. Sure. Uh, it's sometimes broken and you got to ask them to repeat it a time or two, but, uh, I've never had just a flat language barrier that I couldn't break through. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So English would work then for most of them, them, obviously, too, mm-hmm. other countries. And then, are there any countries just off limits where you could not send or receive because of the type of country they are? Actually, right now, the Ukraine. Is that right? Yeah, they're under emergency orders and have been since uh, the end of February. Okay. And so, uh, if a guy is transmitting, he's taking his life into his own hands. Really? Yeah. So uh, I know there's there were a couple of others, and I don't remember who they are off the top of my head. I know uh, North Korea is one that has to get blessed by whoever's in charge, and it's it's usually like a he'll give like a two or three day window. It's like you in and out, you know, and it's it's just part of the game you play. Yes, North Korea was one I was thinking of, and yeah. I didn't know if um, if China or Cuba or any. Place Cuba, like that. Cuba's an easy one to get. Yeah. You can get that on any given day, just about. Uh, China hasn't done anything crazy. So mm-hmm. uh, they all still talk to us, just like we're sitting here, you know, when they're when they're there. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, obviously, the time differences would come in. Do you have the clocks above? You know, you can see where it is. So what, what, time. What, what, what in the amateur radio did, we kind of did like in the military as well. So uh, we've all heard of uh, Greenwich Mountain Time. Mm-hmm. Or the, the, we also called it Zulu time in the military. Okay. But, uh, or UTC, universal time coordinate. Anyways, that's what we, we all go by. So it doesn't matter if it's 1730 here or 530 in the afternoon. They're going to see it as 1730 in their country. It's just, you know, you got to realize they're... stick on that same one. Yeah. Gotcha. But, you know, like I talked to a guy in Malta the other night, it was 2.30 in the morning for him, and we were still having fun at 7 o'clock in the evening, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. But, yeah. So have you stayed up all night, night and day, just trying to. Yeah, my wife's had to come pull me away from the radio <laughs> time or two. Right. <laughs> I'm sure. Of course, she gets, track to, of time. she gets to hear the yelling when I get get a new country or something. I'll, like, you know, hoop and holler, and at 2 o'clock in the morning, I'll scare people. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, John, so is there a certain time of day where communicating through the radio seems to be better or you get better um, contact? Well, and that's one of those things. So at any given time of the day, generally speaking, unless there's a solar storm or X flare or whatever they call them, you can get somewhere. It just depends on where you want to get, how far do you want to get. Uh, and that's one of, the, one of the fun parts about being, once you've been in the hobby a while, you start figuring that stuff out. That's cool. So... Do you have any, like, one of your favorite conversations you've ever had or, like, one of your most memorable conversations with someone? I think one, there was a guy in Belgium, and we haven't talked now in about three years, but there for a while we were talking about every once a year. We'd catch up real quick, you know, find out how families were doing, and, you know, you start realizing once you've been on there a while, people start remembering who you are. Mm-hmm. And so uh, 
I remember him coming back and he asked me about something that happened like two years ago. And I was like, man, that thing's done gone, you know? And so he said, yeah, I remember you talking about it. I was like, wow. So anyways, yeah, they, we all make notes about each other, you know, was your audio good? How did your antenna sound? You know, that kind of thing. And so, uh, yeah, there's some pretty interesting individuals. That's really cool. It's kind of like a radio pen pal. Right. Yeah. right. Well, and we also like to call it the original social distancing as well. Yes. So that would be it. <laughs> right. Didn't have to worry about any infrastructure. We just did our own. Wow. That's awesome. So if someone's equipment isn't good, do you make note of it? Like, don't talk to them again. <laughs> no, we're not that bad. I'm just asking. <laughs> we'll, we'll bad connection. Yeah, we'll generally tell them, hey, your audio is just not quite right. And we, we try to describe it like we were talking a while ago about RF on the signal. We say, hey, it sounds like you got a little RF. And usually they'll get in there and find the issue pretty quick if they're oh. if they're a good operator. Um. And I know you said you want to stay away from certain topics, obviously, just to keep it all friendly. But like with COVID going on or different things, is that kind of a topic of conversation? Like, how is it for y'all there? Or how are gas prices where you live? Or, you know, whatever the situation is. That's actually a very big part of it. Uh, when COVID was, I don't want to say it as well, when it was first beginning, you know, that's what it was all about. You know, how are you locked down? What can you do? Mm-hmm. What's available? Uh, now you hear about, of course, gas prices and uh, we do have, so we call it, it's our local guys at night, let's say that. Uh, I like that. It, local it, local is within, you know, like New Mexico to Louisiana. But uh-huh. uh, sometimes you just, just got to, what we do call, rotate the dial. They get to talking and they're a bunch of drunk old people, which I know <laughs> I resemble that. But, you know, it's, uh, they're probably all in their 80s and 90s. Wow. And they can get a little... A little on a crude side so you just either listen to it and laugh at it and go <laughs> bunch of dummies but anyways <laughs> or you just rotate the dial and move on to something else okay so find someone else you want to chat with yeah That's and I've done, I've done that yeah sure <laughs> because you know what we see in the the news and all you never know if it's right. really that way unless you're talking to someone from there and whatnot so just think about it. That hand. was probably pretty entertaining whenever a lot of people were locked down. Oh, it was interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Since we're all gainfully employed, it's not like um, we have tons of extra time, but you have decided to, for various reasons, you know, spend more time working. And so what was your work ethic like as a teenager or growing up? Have you always been a hard worker? Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be like, ah, oh, I'm such a hard worker. I feel like that's annoying to say that. Um, but yeah, no, I've always had a job. Um, I had a, I got my first job when I was 14. Um, I worked as like a basketball scorekeeper for like our town's basketball <laughs> nice. league and I would like keep the score, you know, they paid me for it. So it was pretty fun. And then, uh, yeah, all throughout high school, I had jobs. I had two jobs my senior year of high school. Um, and then have worked, you know, all throughout college and now. Yeah. Wow. Definitely got it going on there. Yeah. I mean, I've always liked working and it's, it was always nice to, well, you know, have your own money and not have to rely on your parents for that kind of stuff. Exactly. What was your situation like, Ollie? Um, Yes, I have always worked, um, not to one up you, but I had three jobs in high school. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, she just won. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I played sports in high school, um, so I did have, like, you know, even after, like, my games or practices, I would go work, um, 
and obviously it was part-time so I didn't have to work every single day so some days you know I do one job or I remember sometimes honestly I would clean a daycare oh <laughs> yeah just for extra money and I would be there pretty late yeah till one in the morning so I was a custodian at a church for that reason too because it was sort of like well whenever you could do it you just had to do it you yeah know, before they had their you know meetings and um you know services and whatnot but I would be up there at some odd hours too. Yeah, so mine was actually a daycare at the church, the Presbyterian Church oh, in Gonzales, yes. actually. Yeah. Well, all right. And I was always so scared. It's scary down there because it's like in the basement, you yes. know? Um, but yeah, I'd be out there pretty late working. I've, I've just always worked, so. Yep, that's what you know. Yes, ma'am. Okay, John, how'd you keep busy when you were younger? I only had one job, but it was, it was, uh, I did general contracting with my uh, with my uncle. So this time of the year, we were doing composition roofs and painting. And uh, if we were done with that, we hauled hay. Yeah, that's another job. Yeah, that's a whole other job in itself. If anybody hadn't hauled hay in South Texas in the middle of the summer, you're missing out. <laughs> so much fun, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's some hard work, for yeah. sure. But it served you well. You all developed a good work ethic early on, and so here you are. Still killing it. We don't have to go any particular order, but if you want to tell me if you would recommend other people pick up a part-time gig, um, yay or nay? I think so. I mean, it's always, they always say you need at least two to three incomes, right? To be, I how do I say it? Like to be, I wouldn't say comfortable, but to be secured, mm-hmm. I guess you can say. So, I mean, and what's wrong with having extra money on the side, too, you know? There you go. Yeah, I, I definitely 10-10 recommend. <laughs> 10 out of 10 <laughs> recommend. What would you all have to say about it? Um, I don't know. I would say definitely it's not bad to have something on the side, for sure. I don't know if I would recommend doing, like, a delivery service right now, just in terms of how gas is, but maybe something else. <laughs> You'll be a radio operator, right? There you go. Yeah, exactly. But I can tell you, while it's cheap to get into, it can get rather expensive if you don't watch it. But it's a lot of fun. Yes, that's true. Our passions can take over sometimes, huh? Then that's why you have to get another job to pay for <laughs> Yeah, hobby. going to passions, though, man, sometimes I know, like, DoorDash is different, but, um, like, I have like so much passion for my art, I guess you can say Mm -hmm. that like sometimes it's even discouraging at times. Like if it's not what I envisioned it to be, then sometimes I just want to throw my hands up and be like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, but then I go back like the next day and I'm like, I remind myself why I'm doing it, you know? So, yes. Yeah. You're probably hardest on yourself. Yes, for sure. sure. It, it, It could get hard, but it's also very rewarding. Right. So what would you say the favorite part of your your side businesses? Um, I think seeing like everyone's reactions to it mm-hmm. um, and the praise that I get. And I have like, you know, the followers on Facebook, which mostly are friends that I already have or family members and just them supporting me. I think having that support is, you know, one of the, my, one of my most favorite things. Mm-hmm. What about you? What's your favorite or least favorite part? Um, I definitely like, I actually like driving, so I like driving around, um, just seeing different parts of town. I'm also very nosy, so I like seeing, like, other people's houses and stuff. Um, 
<laughs> so yeah, I love it. That's nice. It's that's honest. How does the other half really live? <laughs> exactly. I found this really nice house the other day that I, live, I delivered to, and I've decided it's going to be my future house. Oh, so, there we have it. Um, yeah, it's nice just to like scope out where other people are living, see how other people are doing it. Um, yeah, indulge my nosiness. There we go. Well, that kind of sounds like what amateur radio operators are all about. Yeah, we snoop on each other all the time. <laughs> like to listen in. Yeah. So uh, you could probably combine the two. You could listen, talk on the radio, and drive around. Exactly. I do that now. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. She's basically a door dasher. There you go. <laughs> Mobile door dasher. <laughs> Just haul some buckets of chicken with you from Fridays and. There you go. Deliver. So, thinking about your hobby, what is your favorite part about it? And maybe what's your least favorite part? I would say probably the the best part is when you get one of those all-time new ones, you know, getting that count up there. But the uh, least part is when you're working on a project and it doesn't go your way. And sometimes that can last for months. You know, sometimes you get home from work and after doing it all day, you don't want to do it at night. Sure. Uh, so that's the frustrating part. But usually it all comes together before, before too long. So when you say projects, do you mean like putting your equipment together? Or? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I had one like last year. Uh, we were talking about the nodes with the with the little handhelds where you can talk all over the world. Mm-hmm. That was my big project last year. I started in May and I finished in November. Oh wow! <laughs> but wow. I didn't spend but probably two weeks on it. It's just everything in the middle just didn't add up. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Saw it through. So we've had a nice chat, nice visit. It's been fun. Now we're just going to toss out some rapid fire questions. So you just have to answer. Don't think about it. Okay, we'll start with Henrietta. Would you rather deliver stinky food or have an upset customer? TikTok. Definitely upset customer. Really don't like weird smelling stuff in my car. Okay. Short delivery time or long? Short. All right. You passed. There was no wrong or right answer, but. Okay. Okay, Ole. Would you rather do baby shower or prom or bachelorette party? Um, baby shower. Do you like inside or outside parties? Inside 1,000%. <laughs> okay. All right. John, would you rather encounter a trucker on the radio or someone from law enforcement? Trucker. Would you rather have a radio name of Fat Cat or Trout Stalker? <laughs> Oh, fat cat, just by 100% there. Weird. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Would you rather have Smokey or the Bandit? Or well, Snowman? I don't, I'd have to be Snowman yeah. on that one. <laughs> there we go. So, John, can you give us a taste of what it sounds like when you, you hop on the radio and you're ready to start contacting someone? Uh, so, I'll be sitting there and I can, I'll go uh, CQ, CQ, 20 meters, this WL7OU. Uh, looking for any stations outside the continental United States. I love it. Cool. That's awesome. And then you wait. And then you wait. And sometimes you get a call that three or four dozen times before you finally get somebody to take it. Mm-hmm. Is there a delay? Like, I have. I don't know how you no, know. It, there's but. not a delay now. There is some. There is a phenomenon where you can actually transmit and then hear yourself about five seconds later. Mm. Very, very few people have, uh, and I'm not one of them, have actually heard that, but it, it can happen. Yeah. Have you ever had more than like one person wanting to talk to you? Oh yeah, Mister Popular. They call it a pile up. <laughs> a pile up. Wow. I, I guess multiple people could talk to each other at once, right? You just have to. You can only try hear not to one. Talk to each other. Yeah, because you. Oh, you can. Yeah, you can. Generally, if two people talk, and and you'll only hear one of them. Okay. But uh, 
And sometimes it comes garbled. Mm -hmm. So it just depends. Gotcha. Okay, GVC team, if you're looking for an event coordinator or just need a really cool balloon arch backdrop for your next event, be sure to contact Ole. You can find her on Texas Party Studio. That's TX Party Studio. And if you want to learn more about ham radio, just look up John Schrader. Anything about DoorDash, be sure to get with Henrietta. Okay, we also heard from a few folks who let us know what some of their side businesses are. So a shout out goes to Trey Presley of Brass Monkey. He's got some spice seasonings for chicken, brisket, and pork. And 4th of July is just around the corner. So you can't go wrong by getting some of his spices. Okay, you can find Trey at the Market Days in Shiner. He's also in two stores over there, Makers and Bee's Place. He also um, made sure to mention that it was a family business. His daughters were always his uh, guinea pigs on testing the product and helped him perfect it. His son, Sam, drew the logo. It's pretty awesome. And then, of course, his wife, Christine, is a great help in his marketing efforts. So, hashtag funky name, serious flavor, brass monkey. Check him out. Isabel Zimmerman, she let us know about her photography business. You might remember Isabel was at our employee appreciation event. She had the photo booth there. So that's some services she offers. She got her start just kind of out of an interest in photography, said she was a little bit bored when her son wasn't with her. So she gets to go and help capture awesome moments for other families and be a part of their their stories. She is on Facebook at IZ Photography. Also, a few shout outs go to our local lawn care services, Scott Moeller. If you need your yard mode, look him up. Also, um, Albert Abara, they, he does that as well. And Todd Craven, we can't let Todd go by. He's coming up on his 25th year anniversary of being a licensed Baptist preacher. He's also married a few people here at, at GVC. Um, so if you need a minister for your next wedding or you know other services, hey, give, give Todd a shout. Um, speaking of married couples that Todd married, Ronnie Lindsman and Lori Lindsman, he married these uh, fine folks, and they have a meat processing business. So that's Lindsman's uh, meat processing, kind of a niche thing if you're looking for um, customized cuts of meat. They're, they're your go-to. So thanks to everybody who works here every day, GBC, that's awesome. And also for all the things you do on the side, it really makes us a well-rounded co-op. And there's so much we don't know about each other. So if you're looking for, you know, that extra side gig, just, hey, ask your coworkers. Thank you for sharing your stories with us. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Nope. No. Thanks right. for having us on. Yeah, it was fun. It was. Catch you next time. Over and out. <laughs> if you enjoyed listening to this episode or have ideas on how we can make this podcast more interesting, just email gvecunplugged at gvec.org with your feedback. Be sure to subscribe to the GVEC Unplugged podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, or Overcast to be notified when new episodes are released. Take care of each other, GVEC team, and stay safe till next time.